Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this week's episode, I was joined by Ishbel Smith as we began a conversation talking about the stories that we tell and actually it really turned round to being so much about listening as well and about the stories we tell ourselves, uh, the stories that we should question about ourselves, the way we all see the same thing from a different angle. Really fascinating conversation. I hope that you enjoy it. Ashbel, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Lovely to be here and thanks very much for inviting me. Uh-huh. Tell us a bit about you. So I probably bring quite a complicated story, as most women my age probably have. I've passed that big mark 50. And in my time, I am a former commercial litigator. I've often said, name a bad guy and I've acted for them. And I'm not talking about individuals, I'm talking about huge big companies. So I did that for about 20 years. Came out of that for a variety of family reasons. Moved into the third sector, was vice chair of Mary's Meals, which is a really large, fantastic Scottish charity. Did a theology degree and within all that have formed a communications consultancy, which I call Heart and Mouth. And through that, yeah, we do coaching, facilitation and helping people connect and communicate better. Uh-huh. So, very potted history. Uh-huh, perfect, perfect. And it's lovely to be interviewing you today, albeit virtually. But we've actually met before so many of the people that I do the podcast with. I've never I've never met in the real world. So it's lovely to see you and to have you on the podcast. So, Ashbel, I know you've been thinking about it for a few weeks. Tell me, what mm-hmm. do you know for sure? I know that everyone has a story worth listening to. Yes, and tell me how you know that. I know that because I've realised that all I've been doing for the last 50 years is listening to people's stories. I probably didn't realise it at the time, but particularly when I moved into helping folk do presentation skills, Mm -hmm. I realised pretty quickly that it was an issue of people not feeling that they had enough self-worth in their story. Mm. That... They thought it was an issue of how they spoke. They hid behind that, oh, I stammer, oh, I stutter, I do this. Actually, what lies behind that is about that relational act, Mm -hmm. which is two-way, and having that conviction that they are worthy of being listened to and that someone will do that Mm -hmm. and someone will be interested and someone will care. And, And that's extended throughout the practice that I have now. Uh huh. Because I think it's interesting, isn't it, that... As individuals, we have our stories, we have our stuff, but we feel as if everybody else maybe has got their stories and their stuff and my story's no different to anybody else's. So you don't see the world through anybody's eyes but your own. And I think Mm -hmm. that can mean you can sometimes find it hard to express who you actually are in the world because you don't think there's anything different about you or exciting about you or, you know, special about you. So how has that shown up in your life then? You've talked about it in your work as well. Where does it show up most prominently? Like, when did you start to know this? So I think I realised, I probably knew it at an early age through my hearing loss, which I only developed, but I developed, I've got lifelong hearing loss. And as a child, I probably was frustrated about not being heard Mm. because I probably worked really hard to hear other people. 
So it's manifested myself in that sense of that my story got lost. Mm-hmm. Whereas I worked so hard to hear other people's stories and I didn't understand why people weren't listening. I think actually my hearing loss is almost my superpower because it's developed those listening skills that I really use mm-hmm. all the time. Now, I used it while I was a litigator you to listen to what was being said, of course, but what was how it was being said, what was not being said, and also where the connections were between my client and, and the other side. So I think you know, that worthiness of listening carefully has manifested itself professionally that way. And it probably comes from that frustration uh-huh. of not feeling that I've been heard. And now it manifests itself in once I started seeing the storylines more effectively and how stories are these repositories for, I suppose the it sounds very grand, but I, I call them the repositories for the wisdom of our experienced souls. Yeah. They capture that our knowledge and our emotions and being able to help people now in the work that I do find these stories and to realise they have worth and they will connect to other people. It's it's an absolute privilege to be able to do it, even on a one-to-one basis, but also on a group basis. Yeah. You know, perhaps where there's tension, where there's development, where there's change, which there's been an awful lot in the last few years, hasn't there? And to, to work with the group where people realise that their story sharing can be heard, can be listened to, and can help other people. It's it's magic. As and it's wonderful know, to be part of. It resonates so much with the reason behind the podcast. I mean, I've been doing the podcast for almost two years now. And as you know, it was because I missed those wee interactions during pandemic that I would have with women when I was out and about in my life doing things. And I thought there's something when I started this, it was very much about having those interactions again for other women to listen to it so they could feel as if they were having an interaction. But there was always something about women speaking the truth for me, which I thought was a very empowering thing to put into the world. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly it's empowering to listen to it. It's empowering for the women because I've heard so many after they've done the podcast and what what changes in their lives from speaking the truth. But it's empowering even for the person listening to it, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if you listen to people sharing the truth, at some point you'll share yours, even if it's with your mirror. At some point mm-hmm. you will own your truth and share your truth. Is that like about sharing truth? Does that resonate with you too? So I think the concept of truth is really interesting. Right, good. And the power of truth mm-hmm. and where where that interaction happens. And that people realising that people have different truths about the same circumstances. Yes. Uh-huh. Being a lawyer, people would often say that it was about finding the truth. And that wasn't what it was about. It was about finding a resolution. Mm-hmm. And the sooner people realise that that, I think the better and the more effective that dispute could be resolved. It was actually very rare for there to be one truth and someone completely lying about it. Not I me, mean, not unheard of. I was involved in cases where someone was just lying their way out somewhere. But generally, as people had different perspectives, and actually the most effective way to resolve things was for people to hear the truth in someone else's perspective. And that that's where the sweetness of interaction happens. That's where community and connection happens, which I think is what this podcast creates, is that sense of I hear you and in hearing you, I hear myself. Yeah. And it's magical. I think I was really influenced when, when I went back to university. One of the courses that I did was reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And in that, 
we got to consider and reflect on how broken communities bring themselves together. And we looked a lot at uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu's work within the South African Truth and Reconciliation Committee. And in that was a real demonstration of where stories were used to uncover truth. Not always nice truth, difficult, hard, Mm. human truth about how things affected people. I don't know if you've ever watched, there's a lot of footage of the TRC where you have families whose loved one has been killed, whose body has never been recovered, hearing the story of the policeman who arrested their loved one and sharing, more commonly, his truth about what happened. And that's what was expected of people, was to bring their truth. And in that, there was moments of real reconciliation where people saw the other and in seeing the other, they also saw themselves. It's almost a holy experience, but yeah. it doesn't. But certainly a, a, a human experience, and it, it speaks to that soul language that I mentioned earlier, uh-huh. which is what I think stories do: is speak soul language. Yeah, because and you it talk, allows people to hear. Because you talked about listening skills in that notion about you having a hearing loss and therefore listening is so important to you and a big feature in your life. But I think there is something, isn't there, that if I'm going to want anybody to bear witness to my truth, I need to bear witness to other people's truth. And, I mean, the work that I do and that you do as well, sometimes I see when I go into maybe a team that's a bit dysfunctional, they just need somebody to listen to them. And it's as if it's like magic happens and people would then ask me, leaders would say, how did you manage to turn them around? And I'm like, well, it's quite simple. I just listen to them. Yes, absolutely. I, I often feel in the work that I do, it's like tricking the stories out of people. Mm. You know, so a lot of the facilitation work that I'm doing just now is people coming along going, you know, there's been all this crisis. We're facing change. We just need to move on. And you're like, yeah, but in order to move on, you have to listen to the experiences and the truths of what's there. And it's not about anyone being right or wrong. It's that shared experience and if, yeah, it's by giving, it's opening up a space, holding a space where everyone feels empowered to bring their perspective. And well, I sometimes talk to people that are bringing this creative approach and they look slightly panicked. What does this mean? And it is about giving opportunities of a level playing field where you allow people to share, encourage them to listen to themselves, to other people. And it's back to that, knowing that there's a worthiness in yeah. that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was interesting because I think listening to you talking about you had you were a lawyer and you had a law degree so a m- massive amount of listening has to be done there so that you can hear the, the wee delicate bits that are going to be the game changer I would imagine and then you went to do a theology degree and I'm thinking god how do those two ever converge but actually when you talk about like the truth and reconciliation stuff in South Africa Everything really, our lives are better if we all just listen sometimes, aren't they? I certainly feel as if when I do these podcasts, usually once a week, I speak to somebody for half an hour on Zoom. And as you know, I don't ask anybody to tell me in advance. So I don't have set questions. Mm -hmm. So I have to listen. And it's like a rest is what I honestly think. Listening for me, where I'm not having to think continually, which I do all day long the rest of the time, actually listening to somebody is such such a privileged thing to do, I feel, to actually sit and actively listen. Do you feel as if it's ran through your life, like with your your jobs, like being a lawyer, doing the theology, doing the facilitation, that it's actually like your whole career's been about listening? Yeah, 
Does that seem uh, flippant or does that seem right? Oh, no, no, no. It's absolutely, and for me, that's been the joy is realising that it's a privilege. Mm-hmm. I think when you're in the coalface, too many lawyers are, are result focused mm-hmm. and not human focused and don't realise that their job is listening. So I, I'm very grateful for the fact in a way that I stepped away from the career. Because I think at the time I didn't realise that's what I was doing uh-huh. and had been given the space to listen to myself to listen to other people and to accompany people, particularly to, to uncover their story for it so that they can hear themselves and then to share it with other people. There's been some beautiful conversations that I've been really privileged to be part of. One I remember up in Aberdeen when I was working with an organisation who were wanting to allow people to share their story um, of, of, of homelessness, but in a very effective way, not, not in a, some organisations it's a wee bit, do you know what I mean by poverty porn coming uh-huh. to, oh, that was really bad. Ooh. But this organisation I really admired that they gave people the opportunity to find their story and then to decide if they wanted to share it. And I was in a wee room in Aberdeen with two individuals, one who was a CEO of a large homeless organisation and another individual who's a rough sleeper. And it turned out that both of them had a really shared story. Both mm-hmm. of them came from really traumatic backgrounds. Both of them are fathers who abused alcohol, abused their mothers, etc. And that sh- that connection that they found in that room where they realised that they were the same as each other. But there was just moments that happened in one individual's life, which meant he was the CEO, and the other individual, who was still a beautiful person, who slept rough. And, and that was a privilege to hear and be part of, there was just three of us in the room and I just sat back and listened and I thought, how lucky am I to, to be part of this? And how much would our society benefit if we gave that space and knew that everyone had that worth? Everyone, I, I think there's a lot of people don't believe that they've got that self-worth um, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they don't feel listened to, which is maybe why there's so much shouting yeah. in social media. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Uh-huh. And it's yeah. our duty to go, I hear you. Let me listen. And I think that's actually where listening is an action. I don't just mean active listening. I think there's a bit of active listening training as an action, but actually it's a, it, it's a such a powerful force. I, I think, you know, I wonder that when I was thinking, what other thing that I needed to be true when I was trying to work out what to, to say today, my original statement was going to be that listening is the most powerful form of communication. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a absolutely it's transformational in its power it really is and i think there's that acceptance and i'll bring you back to it because you did bring it up earlier when you were speaking about how we could have all experienced the same thing and yet have different truths about it and Mm -hmm. so that actually takes humility perhaps it takes understanding it takes for us to both witness something but both see it completely different and have a different truth about it which I suppose when you were a lawyer, that was probably very topical because there would be two people maybe arguing and they both believed they were right. Absolutely, yes. So how has that come through that? Like we both have had the same experience but have different truths about it. And you see that sometimes with siblings, don't you? Or even with twins, they both have something happens in their life. Like you were chatting about these two people and one takes what they've experienced off and making them grow and do stuff, and the other one can't grow and is diminished by it, and life goes off in the wrong direction. You know, so what's mm-hmm. your experience about two people 
seeing or feeling or experiencing the same thing but having completely different stories about it? I think, yeah, it, it, it happens all the time. As you're right, litigation happened a lot. And, and I think it's about helping people understand that there's a difference between something having a truth and somebody being right. Mm. And I think culturally we are too encouraged to think that being right is sort of like the, the upper tier, it's what you're aiming for. I am right. But by saying that, you're also having to say, and therefore you are wrong. And it's encouraging people to to see that your perspective is correct. Your, your way of seeing it, the experience you bring, means that you see that your feelings are always right. You know, they are always true. It's to see ourselves as others see us. You know, Ravi Burns' fantastic phrase, I use it quite a lot in facilitation, that two people can't be right, two, two rights don't make a wrong, two wrongs don't make a right. And allowing people to step back from that need to be right, which I think is culturally bred into us, and being able to recognise that you can hold a truth, but how do you move forward from that so that together you are right? So how, how does your organisation work with that? You know, Someone might say, they did this, they did that, I'm right and they're wrong. You're like, well, actually, there's a truth in what both of you are saying. There's a, there's a feelings, there's a perspective. And how do you blend that so that you can all move forward? For me, it's reconciliation and practice. I think it's, a, if you're going to use grand words, that's what I think I try and bring into different organisations because that's where communities are built and that's where we can move forward from. Uh-huh. And I think it's so interesting there, some of the things that you said there triggered into my memory about just because I think it doesn't make it true something that I try and remind myself a lot and my experience of that actually during the last couple of years uh, so I have obviously you know that I had a brain aneurysm and when I woke up from that which was a few weeks later after brain surgery and comas and everything I wasn't surprised it had happened because my mum dying in her 40s when I was young meant I always believed I would die young right and so even Mm. after I was getting better I still believed that I had just cheated death and that death would still come after me right psychological obviously and I've seen a psychologist for a good while thank god for the NHS and I've got lots of help with that but actually just in the last maybe year I was doing a workshop with Mike O'Neill who's a a fantastic teacher and uh, you know I've done a lot of his stuff over the pandemic I all of a sudden had the notion that just because I thought I would die young, it was never real. So that was a story I had been telling myself for best part of uh, 35 years. I believed wow. that was true. Now, I really believed it. I believed it the way that I believe if I drop my cup of coffee, my coffee's going to spill all over my computer just now, right? Mm-hmm. I really believed. So that would have been my story. And then I had that in a moment, in a moment's reflection, I thought that was never true. <laughs> if you, how do you, how does that sit with you? That notion that I could have a story, and then I can realise, oh my god, the thirty-five-year-old story I've been telling myself was never true. <laughs> it's so common, and I think it's been. It sounds as if it's been really powerful for you to uh-huh. recognise uh-huh. that uh-huh. to Massively. understand your story. Yeah. It's unpicking facts from stories because facts are very different. Mm. So, you know, there are certain facts that have informed your story and you've built emotion around that. And and stories are that, that blend of fact and that blend of how you emotionally feel about it. And for you to look at your story and think, what, what is a fact in this? 
-hmm. Is it a fact that I will not die young? Uh -huh. No, because self-evidently it's not. But there is there is a truth in that that's how you feel about uh -huh. it. And, and what does that tell? What is that story trying to tell you? Uh -huh. What you know, so it's about your fear. It's about your experience. It's how you you bound up your your life story and. And, and that's what stories are, a way for us trying to rationalise, understand, mm. inform ourselves and inform others. So that, in a way, it says that that story is trying to tell you something about how you feel mm -hmm. about life and the preciousness of life. You know, it is a fact that we will all die. Aye. But I was never, like, my mum my mom died of leukaemia. It wasn't hereditary. I wasn't necessarily, you different if it had been something different that was hereditary. Maybe that would have mm -hmm. been understandable, but it wasn't. But I think what that did for me is that I need to question my own stories about myself and my own things, my own dialogues that I tell myself are true. And that's been an interesting journey to go on the last sort of a year. Mm -hmm. That I could, and I'm not good at doing it all the time, so I could spend three months in the middle of a thought in the middle of a story about me or my experience of the world, believing it's real. And then all of a sudden I will have a hallelujah moment where I realise you're just telling yourself this. So you that's your story that is worth listening to. So what it says to me is that you've got this story and you haven't really been listening to it. You ah. just accept you've just gone, that's it. And where the, the change has happened is you started listening to your story. Why am I saying this? Where does this story come from? What are the facts within it? What are the truths in it? What are the feelings in it? And what what is it trying to tell me? And what worth will I get out of this? Uh -huh. Yeah, and it, that's where the transformation can happen. Uh -huh. And it, it's it's beautiful, isn't it? Because story, we are, we're hardwired as human beings. There's loads of research to show how stories are something that we've shared you know, since Homo sapiens first walked the earth. You know, there's a research, but that's what differentiated us from from the previous you know, Neanderthals or whatever, I can't remember all the details, is that how our brains are wired to, to tell stories. Mm -hmm. And we told them to inform people, to understand our world, to, to share wisdom long before writing or painting or anything was, was disclosed. So this, it's back to that, that deep wisdom. Mm -hmm. that is shared there's so many you know stories about children getting lost in the woods or you know little red riding hood you know hansel and gretel because at the time these stories happened the woods forests covered most of europe they were dark and dangerous places and you had to ensure that the children didn't go in there so the fact is that the forests are dangerous but you build all that emotion and you start questioning well why how who and that's why they're worth listening to, because they contain so much. And if we start to be curious about it and believe that that story that we're telling ourselves is worth listening to, because a lot of people will tell stories about this. I, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a, I'm a doer, I'm a failure, I'm a, a whatever. Well, if that's that story, what's in it? Be curious about listening to your own story. Yeah. And when you said, like, you believe your hearing loss is about a superpower, do you think your ability... To understand about all of this stuff about the stories that we tell ourselves, that feels like a superpower as well. Because even having us, even though I've been on that journey with that story I believed about myself, and I go on it quite often, I still think like, oh, now I'm going to be questioning my other stories I tell myself because we've just had this conversation. Those listening <laughs> will potentially be thinking, what story do I tell myself? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's true. So, does that feel exciting for you in the future that that's the the kind of thing you're out in the world sharing? 
Oh, I love the fact they heard that. So thank you. Yeah, I, I have always been a questioner. You know, my mum will tell you that I was born coming out. Why? When? How? Who? And I think it really annoyed people. Ah. But actually, that curiosity and that ability to to question things, I think, is what enables me to do this because mm-hmm. I'm just so curious about people and to help them. Because asking questions again is seen as a as a dangerous thing to do. Uh, but for me, it unlocks things. So maybe it is another superpower. Aye. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I feel like I've got a hero's cape around my shoulders. <laughs> yeah. I've a big question mark in the back. And uh-huh. It's not the Riddler. It's the questioner. Uh-huh. Yeah, sort of, you know, sort of to, to challenge things, but to challenge things for a reason, which is, you know, why is this happening? What's the worth in it? And, and doing that with organisations who are sometimes frozen into that inertia of... Yeah. of of not wanting to look into the dark, dangerous places. I mean, gosh, you can't get harder than what Desmond Tutu and the TRC did. Uh-huh. And they had that ability to you know, tell us that story. Why did you do this? How did it make you feel? What have you learned from it? it, it can't, it's back to that transformational thing for communities. And gosh, does our society not need transformation? There's not enough question asking. Yeah. Yeah, so so that's a that's, that's a truth maybe as well, I know to be true, is that asking questions is never wrong. Or why don't you ask more questions? Uh-huh. <laughs> that might be a better way of putting it. Yeah, Thank you so much, Ashbel, for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you and listening to what you have to say as well. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching and Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, anhughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.